0: And this is Y2K Movies,
1: a podcast about the films of the 21st century. Today's episode, we're looking at "Behind the Mask: The Rise of Leslie Vernon," uh, the next great psycho horror slasher, has given a documentary crew exclusive access to his life as he plans his reign of terror over the sleepy town of Glen Echo. Uh, the film premiered at the 2006 South by Southwest Film Festival and was shown at several other festivals followed by a limited release in the United States on March 16th, 2007. I probably saw it shortly thereafter when it, um, hit DVD. I did not see this one in the theater. Uh, I want to say it had a very limited theatrical release because I don't remember it even playing here in Chicago, but it, by the time it did hit DVD, there was a lot of buzz about it and I picked it up right away and it has been a movie that I, uh, Unfortunately, we'll forget about, but then fortunately remember every year or two and rewatch it. And it never fails to entertain me. Daniel, this was your first time seeing it. I mean, you brought me VHS-99, Spiral from the Book of Saw. You brought me some uh, some gems that slipped past my radar. This was my turn to return the favor. What would you think of Behind the Mask?
0: It was well-returned. i really enjoyed myself watching this uh i loved all the easter eggs i love that it was basically like it made itself in a universe where uh our slasher films actually existed where you know characters like freddy krueger or michael myers or even in a sense you know some Nasta pinhead from hellraiser they, they existed in this universe let's just talk I... about
1: that for a second yeah the first 30 seconds that's that, that's really something i picked up this up in the first 30 seconds they establish this like shared cinematic universe with all of these other horror movie franchises and they just do it and they without a whole lot of explanation or backstory or connecting the dots just that all of these, uh, just so you know, within the first 30 seconds, this movie takes place in a universe where Haddonfield, Illinois had Michael Myers, Camp Crystal Lake had Jason Voorhees, Elm Street had Freddy Krueger, even though the Elm Street one, it's weird how they talk about Freddy Krueger because he is like this supernatural like dream thing. Right. But they do kind of treat him like it's like he's Leatherface or, or Voorhees or whatever, you know what I mean? Um... I mean, you know,
0: he's just a demon. Like, he's just a dream demon. But he's been out in the real world, in the movies. So, Mm -hmm. and he was a person before that. Right.
1: But very confidently, very effortlessly establishes that. And I I picked it up. I think I latched onto it more this time around. And I absolutely love that. Because that's something that, with, this is a concept that you're, that's kind of, this, this movie in general is way ahead of its time. But just that, that first initial concept that it introduces to the audience is that this movie takes place in a universe where all of those other movies were real um i mean it 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 just it's amazing how confidently and effortlessly it does it and it was yeah you and you as the audience just kind of buy it and then move on and what a world it creates you know what i mean um it's really interesting I did. yeah
0: i i really enjoyed it uh yeah, it was a very easy transition. Like I felt like the way and it was, it was within what a minute yeah. of explanation and that was it. That's all it took. And I, I as as the uh the viewer, I immediately bought it and I was like I can really get behind this. And then as the movie keeps going, it has little easter eggs for all those kind of movies. You got Robert England in it. Uh <laughs> Which is just great. Uh, yes. You have Zelda, uh, Rubenstein in it. Um, I'm trying to think. Of there's those are like the big two yeah. other like horror movie people. But I mean, it's just oh man. Like I, I just really in, in, enjoyed it. Like, and you got to go through the movie. There's like there's very obvious Easter eggs that like you you see uh, callbacks to the you know the the little schoolgirls playing jump rope for. Nightmare on Elm Street when right yeah uh, Leslie's like stalking and that I don't know I really like them I don't want to give like there's there's so many Easter eggs that I think it's a little too much to get into. What's like, the Hellraiser
1: but, one? Because you just mentioned that I didn't I don't think I ever picked up on that.
0: Yeah, so uh while they're uh inter- I want to say when they go uh fuck to is it Eugene's house or. It's one of the homes right where they go uh, the puzzle is on the table huh oh it's a uh, 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 when they um, when the when they interview Eugene okay yep the, uh, the the puzzle box is sitting on the table so that is that was there and I want to say that was that may have been it with them. But I mean, they they hook on so much to like Halloween, like that. That I think is like the biggest one. I mean, they have uh, at the beginning at the pub, um, where the, where they start talking. Whenever Taylor is uh, standing in front of the pub, they're standing in front of Red Rabbit Pub, which is the matchbook that Doctor Loomis finds in Halloween.
1: Right, and that's so, who. That's kind of who. Uh... Robert England's character is like the yeah he's is. Loomis yeah, yeah.
0: Doc Holleran. which <laughs> I actually so there was some uh, Easter eggs that I picked up, and then there was some that I bl- like looked up, like I wanted to know more, and I thought that Doc, his name was Doc Holleran. because I actually guess it because of The Shining, um because that's Danny's nickname Doc right, and uh. The other part is actually also part of the shining. Uh it's a uh, I guess Dick Holoran? Or Holloran? I don't know. No, I don't know. Uh, it, it was whenever I was looking it up they said that it was uh, a mashup between two characters. But the okay. doc part I thought of the shining. That's what I thought. And then, yeah, yeah. and then I looked it up and it was, but I didn't, I had no idea about the fucking last name because honestly, in most movies, I don't really, I don't really pay attention to last names unless it's like, if, if it gets said a lot, then sure, you know, then obviously like there's a reason it's coming up, but other than that, I don't really, I don't really pay attention to it. But then you had Zelda who uh... does her, her voiceover like she did in the poltergeist. so yeah that was a uh, that was a cool scene her and then she, the way she dies but um, <laughs> no I just really enjoyed it I, I also really like the, uh, the costume design in it and the character design of uh, of Leslie I yeah. thought that was really cool I thought that mask was actually pretty creepy compared to like other uh, slasher films and it I, I i would say that definitely it leaves me wanting more of this character
1: i thought the mask was all right i thought it was serviceable um it kind of fits with like the weird hillbilly farmer farmer killer i guess um the mythology of the apple orchard and i think they got some good stuff there i think that was you know it, i don't think the movie in itself is that effective as a slasher movie um i think it's it's kind of a what works for me and having seen this you know probably a dozen times over the past 16 years um it's more of i think just what what sells it for me what really like makes the movie something that i like to come back and keep watching is the leslie character is kind of just that the character study of and i, I don't think you could do this with any other slasher right like i don't think leslie is your typical slasher right um i, I don't think that if you were to try to take this to, i mean this not to be a dick but like you couldn't make this movie if the main character was Jason Voorhees, right? <laughs> like right? It would it would like go a little bit differently, you know. He was he like he was genuinely driven like Jason Voorhees had his own motives if you look at him as a real person, right? Um same thing with Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger was the, you know, the bastard son of a thousand maniacs who molested children. Right. Like he, he, that's not Leslie. That's not that. That's not that character. Um, Leslie in himself, I think what's so great about it is he's got this, he, he's got a pronounced sense of destiny. This is what he wants to be. This is what he wants. And he wants it really bad. And now granted what he wants is a terrible thing right he wants to be this force of evil in the world and the explanation that the reason that he chooses to do evil is so that there can't be good i don't think that really logically holds up it's kind of one of the weaker things about the film and you just kind of push it aside um that i i don't think that's that's not a real argument right the, the logic is not sound but whatever he wants he wants it and he's genuinely inspired to do it and he works really hard at it and he's thought about it and he's smart and he's charismatic and he's likable as a person and that's why you want to see him succeed even if what he's striving for is a terrible terrible thing right and I think that's that's what makes the movie entertaining and watchable for me it really is uh I think the guy's name is Nathan Basil. Um, it's him it's him and yeah. it's his relationship with taylor where there's kind of like this unspoken unrequited romance that really is kind of sexy to watch because it is very tense between them at times and she doesn't shy away from it i think that she kind of feels it too um and i think that's kind of hot even though it's also like really wrong i, um, I think she, I- I agree with you, though. Like, I do. And I think it's one
0: of those things that it was supposed to... Like, through the whole movie, I was feeling that, too, right? And then, like, obviously, that kind of twist happens at the end. Right. And deep down inside, like, I I was like, okay, cool. Like, that happened. But at the same time, like, it wasn't... I wasn't surprised, but it it didn't give it away where a lot of movies, like, you know, it's like, oh, shit, well, fuck, I saw that coming. Like, that wasn't even... This This... one to me was like, I, I thought it, I thought it was well done on the sense of like, you know, Leslie had the shit planned out before they even started the documentary, but like he knew all the shit was going on. And, and then going back to also like his point of the, uh, of having to do this so that there's good and stuff. I thought that was cool because of the, um, It kind of shows you his mental state, right? And also, like, how much he, like, like you were saying, the passion behind it. But it, it, it does show you that this guy's fucking crazy. (laughs) Like, that he believes that.
1: Yeah. But I think any, I think characters with that, because no one, like, listen, like, I think as human beings, we all kind of question what we're here for, what our purpose is, what we really want to be when we grow up right right that's something we all at least i do and i i know other people do maybe not all of us but most of us struggle with that that sense of purpose that sense of destiny and the fact that he has one that he's locked on to that he is so unwavering unwaveringly like striving towards um i think that's very attractive to the audience like that was what i was like that that scene right before he goes on his murder rampage where he's just like i'm so happy like right. as he reaches like that was really fucking sweet. And that was really, you felt for him. Even like, though you knew what he was, he was going to go kill all these fucking people. And, you know, the the whole, the twist at the end is a twist, and I, I agree, we won't give it away. I, no, I, it's weird how we approach spoilers with this show, because sometimes we're we like, whatever. Really sometimes what we happened. want it,
0: right? It's yeah, like it doesn't it's... matter. But this, I think the ones that really touch us are the ones that we don't want to give away. Because yeah, we I don't want the to ruin audience. this movie. Yeah. Right, we want the audience to have that reaction. And even like, I feel like, you know, like, I mean, maybe maybe they won't have the same reaction as I did. Or maybe you didn't have the same reaction as, as I did. But I did, I, I think there was like this it was it was very I, I don't know how to say it other than like intimate or romantic for me because it's like of course that's the way it has to happen.
1: I think the twist that happens at the end, uh, it doesn't they don't necessarily telegraph it where you see it coming. Having seen the movie a couple times now and rewatching it for today's show i knew that it was coming and i pay attention to any tip of the hats that they do and they don't really do that so that twist does kind of come out of thin air it makes sense it still makes sense with the character but it it's not anything that they allude to there's no breadcrumbs there's just kind of a third act reveal that um that does kind of pull the rug out from under you and stuff starts to make sense a little bit better uh But that's, you know, it is what it is. At at that point, I think the bigger third act twist that I do want to talk about, because this is something that they kind of do throughout the movie a little bit, is that primarily this is, and this is something that um, when when I was kind of doing some research on the sequel, which we'll get to towards the end of the show, the sequel that never happened, this is referred to as like a found footage movie. And which I guess is kind of true. Because you do, you do see them leave the cameras in the truck at the end and then go about their business or whatever. But um, it's not really as much of a found footage movie, I think, as it is like a mockumentary. It's a, it's a fake documentary, kind of like, this is Spinal Tap or, um, I don't know, Borat. <laughs> or uh, a movie that I immediately thought of, a French movie from the 90s called Man Bites Dog which just pause real quick if you haven't seen man bites dog it was a uh it was a french black and white documentary about a serial killer and uh very much kind of like this where the where the serial killer is very likable and it's very uh he's very humanized but it also shows him making the kills throughout the movie he's very brutal they're brutal kills it is a bloody movie and then at the end he kind of turns on the camera crew definitely worth checking out it was a big part of my film education because i saw it kind of in the mid 90s and it was french and it was black and white and experimental and stuff and it was you know came came during the independent film boom in the 90s definitely check it out man bites dog in fact they did kind of a um not parody of it but do you remember that uh that punisher movie uh laundry day or whatever yeah. where it was thomas jane going into a laundromat yeah okay the guy that made that made a venom one with eddie brock called and it was a playoff off a of man bites dog where it was a film crew following eddie brock around who is also venom and the actor they got to play eddie brock was the brother of from true blood who was in i think he was in a movie that we did actually on this show i can't remember it now it's gonna fucking kill me um i know i'm kind of way off on a tangent with that but yeah so this is this is kind of a a found footage movie um mockumentary but there's times when it clicks into your standard narrative And I think that is, that's kind of interesting. And they do that in the third act where it stops being this found footage thing and just goes into being a, a normal type of slasher movie. And that I thought was a really interesting twist to do at the end.
0: Yeah. I, I enjoyed the third act. I thought it was really, uh, strong. Like as far as some, for me, like as far as, you know, some horror movies or eh, really not even like you could just say movies in general. Uh A lot of movies have either really strong first or second act. And then the third act is kind of eh. But this one, I felt like it it really it, it had enough hook in the first one. It gave you some meat in the second one. And then the third one, it was just to me, the third act was just good. Like it was like. all the pieces came together it told the story i felt like it was pretty complete and i feel like everything that just had like i don't know like i feel like who when they finished this movie and they were in like post i i hope that this movie was exactly what they wanted at the end because i just feel like to me i mean i loved what i got but i really wanted it to be one of those movies that like they finished it. They saw it, and it just blended so well together that they were like, "This is it. Like this is this is the movie that they wanted to make."
1: Right. So. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I like how it plays with the different points of view. It, it is very unconventional and it's very ballsy, and it's very meta, but it works. Yeah. You know, because that's at that point the story of Leslie Vernon does become the slasher movie that he's been itching to be the star on right kind of the whole time you know and just real quick the 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 actor i was talking about his name is ryan quentin he was the he was the guy in glorious oh okay oh cool remember and he was in uh he was in true blood yeah i remember yes i remember you talking about that guy yeah Venom, Truth, and Journalism. I think it's on YouTube for free, so check it out. But that is another—that's another kind of riff off "Man Bites Dog," um, that's worth checking out. But it's done with with uh, Eddie Brock and, and Venom and stuff. Um, let's talk about the Scream comparison real quick because this is a good ten years after Scream. Right. So the the idea of a meta slasher movie kind of had been established. I think Scream is probably a better slasher movie than this. However, um, this has more heart i think that this is kind of a a sweeter movie i don't know like you don't (laughs) like you know wes craven probably made a better slasher movie but uh what's this guy's name i want to make sure i get it right uh scott glosserman definitely made a more likable serial killer you know um leslie vernon is uh is someone that you want to see succeed despite of what his goals are in spite of his goals. What I think is interesting. That's an interesting uh, character design that, you know, you create somebody that the audience likes so much that despite them not wanting to see, they don't, they want him to succeed as a person, but not necessarily, you know, because of his goals.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, there's there's a point where like I just can't keep echoing the same thing, right?
1: Uh, all right, all right, fine. Um, let's see what else did I have in my notes? Uh, the nipples. There's there's a great tit shot with some very extraordinary nipples. Uh, <laughs> make sure you check that out. The third act. <laughs> it ends perfectly with the talking head song. Oh yeah. Uh, this the sequel. So, I I do want to talk about that for a second because I know when I saw this back in 2007 or whatever. That immediately everyone was like, "Oh my God, you have to do more of these! Like this would be such a great jumping-off point for a franchise." Um, you know, w- w- let's do it. Let's see it. We let's. All right, you have us. You have us sold, and um, it never happened. And it came close to happening a couple times. Uh, I know there was uh, talk of a MTV uh, TV series based on it that almost happened but didn't, and they made the Scream TV series instead. There was a couple crowdfunding um,
0: That was a mistake, by the way.
1: Campaigns, what? The Scream TV series? <laughs> yeah. I never watched I
0: that. watched maybe an episode or two was not a fan. was I thought it was something that Wes Craven wouldn't have even really been into, but like watching this and knowing that, <laughs> they should have went with this
1: yeah they um so they did try to do crowdfunding that fell apart now they eventually did a crowdfunding for a comic book a graphic novel and that did get released and um they've done reprints periodically and i checked on the website and i we just missed another reprinting that they did so about once i don't know every so often they'll be all right we're doing another crowdfunding campaign to do another run of the comics and sure enough, you know, but it's usually limited to like 250 or whatever. And, uh, those will fill up and they'll do the reprint and then it kind of lies dormant for a year mm-hmm. or two. So, um, we just missed one, the most recent campaign, the comics are getting shipped, shipped this December. So hopefully they'll do another one soon, but I don't know how soon. So there is, they did take all the sequel stuff, uh, cause they had written multiple scripts and, um they did turn it into a comic. So it did kind of get its, its second life in that form, like we were hoping, wishing they did with Jupiter Ascending, they did it with this. Now, as far as what is in that, uh, the sequel comic, I, have, I haven't read it, so I don't know exactly, but I know that there was a couple ideas for the sequel, and this is based on interviews that the director has given and um, some research that I did for the show. I know that one of the things that they were going to do which I know I texted you about either this morning or yesterday or something, because it was absolutely brilliant. They were going to do, um, the, the, the sequel was going to open up with Taylor, who's the young documentary filmmaker, Final Girl, from uh, this movie. And she is running, she's the host of a TV show that's kind of like To Catch a Predator, but it's with um, slashers. And uh, where they'll have like a um, a frat house or some kind of like babysitter home alone scenario. And when the, you know, the slasher kind of comes in to catch, to kill the person, uh, you know, the lights go up. She's there with a the camera crew. They sit down at the kitchen table and she talks to him for 15 minutes before the cops come in and arrest him. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I did too. I loved uh, it. When you sent me it, yeah. I was
0: like, why? Like, why? Like, why is this happening to us? Like, why is it these... There's actual movies that deserve a franchise, or at least even a sequel, right? Some kind of universe. Right. Even though they did get it in, in graphic novel or comic book uh, way, like, I just... I don't know. I just... Oh, when you texted me, and it was yesterday, I was like, come on. Like, really? I was like, that is so a- good. That is, so- And I would have loved to watch it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you could do 90 minutes on that. But, I mean, even as an opening 10-minute sequence, uh, it's something that I think is really smart. It's something that you would expect... From this franchise, or this, what what we would hope would be this franchise, right? And I think that's the other problem that he ran into too is that there was a lot of people were very impressed by this, and they were like, okay, okay, what next now? Right? And I and one of the things that he said in an interview that I read was that um, the sequel has changed over the years because the horror movie landscape has ch- changed over the years, and you know for a while horror movies were in this this like torture porn um arena and he really didn't know how to do a Leslie Vernon movie in that area so the movie just kind of died for a couple years and now everything's more in you know this meta and cult of celebrity and um what he was going to do now with the movie is he was going to which unfortunately sounds a lot like what they did with the later scream movies especially scream 3 and all the stab stuff is that they were going to be making a movie based on the first movie and people were going to start dying on set and uh the film studio kind of cancels the movie until leslie vernon can be brought to justice and the survivors from the first movie come back and they meet the people that are portraying them in the current you know what i mean like it's very three and you're just like oh god don't do that like you're so much better than that but i don't know i think there was a lot of pressure and a lot of expectations for where this could go and um it never ended up really going anywhere but a comic book unfortunately yeah i mean i will read it oh yeah no i'm gonna i'm
0: gonna actually i was looking i'm gonna probably get up with my local uh comic store just to see if they have any or if they've ever seen any come by.
1: I'm hoping that when this latest uh Kickstarter thing ships that someone will be selling theirs on, on Amazon or something. And I don't care if I mean I'm not gonna spend a ton of money, but I'll pay double whatever they did for it. I guess yeah like double's not um, too bad.
0: I actually just did that on a on a movie. Uh you remember when we talked about Godzilla and I was telling you about Godzilla versus Biolante? I just got it.
1: Oh, the Rose? Yeah, the
0: Rose one. I, I pulled the trigger hey. and I bought it for like $40 something dollars. Oh, no, it bad. wasn't bad. Well, so the thing is, is like a year ago when I was looking into it, dude, they were like 80 to to $100. And I was really worried because all the reviews were like, oh, it's like a knockoff. It's like you could tell this guy recorded it off of like another DVD. And whenever I got it, I was like, nope, this is the real thing. I was like, I bought a pre-owned Copy of it, and I watched the whole thing. It was pretty good. Uh, it wasn't bad. It, you know, it's a Godzilla film, but it wasn't like it wasn't. I don't know. To me, it, the things I heard about that film was was very like it was the best Godzilla film, and like all this other shit. I I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I would say monster design was awesome. That was cool. Yeah. I would actually argue, possibly like top. Two monster design ever in Godzilla. I would I would say Destroya and and Biollante and Hidora. Those are probably my top three. But uh, yeah. Story wise, movie wise, I would I don't know. I don't I don't know where I'd put it yet. Even in that era, which I think it's called like the high sea era or whatever. Uh, the eighties and nineties. I would probably put it down. Probably in the top I I I can't remember how many movies there were. But I there's a few movies that I would put ahead of it. So I wouldn't call it a top three of even that era, which is what I heard a lot of. So I was like, Alright, well <laughs> But now I own I own like every Godzilla movie. Like that was that yeah. was what topped it off, so it was worth it. I'm happy that I got to see it. And, you know. Now I can stop Wondering the uh,
1: what ifs. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be able to sleep just a little bit better. Tonight. Did, yeah, indeed. <laughs> no, what happens when Godzilla Godzilla fights the Rose Monster? Right. Where does the Rose Monster come from? Like, what's the? I'm always interested about their the mythology behind. Okay, the so
0: it is a sequel to um the uh, the the Return of Godzilla, the like '85 one, uh-huh. and basically the first like ten minutes is like the aftermath of destroyed Tokyo, and they find some G-cells, and they put it in, like, a little vial, and they take it to a lab, and there's, like, a mad... I'm gonna call him a mad scientist, but he's not really a mad scientist, but, like, just a scientist guy that, uh, combines that and some roses together, or, like, some other flowers, because he's just trying to, like... uh, I think he was trying to make a plant species that, like, would be able to uh, regenerate and f- and basically heal itself, and then we end up getting like Godzilla. <laughs> so it's it's actually the same DNA as Godzilla, but it's just wrapped into a uh, a a rose. Uh, I will say though that the ending of it was kind of like I don't I I don't understand why this this monster why this kaiju hasn't been back because of the way it ends. Like, I'm kind of upset about that. But I did see that uh, in comic books, it comes back. Which, again, you know, kind of like this movie. Like, I do. I love comic books. You know me. I really do. But, like, there's a point where, like, I also really like the live-action shit. (laughs) And there's some things that I understand it's a little easier to do in the uh, comic book world. But I feel like with how outrageous Godzilla can get, I don't see why Biolante has not been back.
1: Well, isn't that how this whole, we started talking about this in the first place was because he was um he was supposed to be in the new legendary Godzilla.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, we talked about yeah, we, we that's actually what what so happened as you back. and I were talking about. Well, possible. It's not confirmed yet. Okay. But like yeah, that's how right. I think that's actually why I ended up going back online to look. To see if there was a chance that I could buy it, uh, if if like the price dropped down, because there is a point where I have to tell myself, "Don't buy that movie for a hundred dollars," right? Like it's like, uh, it's like, what am I going to, you know? It, it's a hundred bucks, and that's a lot of money to like to most people, and I feel like that's a lot of money to me. But at the same time, I'm yeah. just like, I really been I've been waiting years to watch this movie. Is it, how much would I really give up for it? And then I keep telling myself, be patient. Because, you know, just like uh, most hobbies, there is, you know, ups and downs, right? Valleys and peaks. So I think I hit it in a valley uh, where maybe it's just not as popular. And also, there's not a lot of Godzilla talk happening right now. And I think that might be why. I think when I was looking at it, I think Godzilla was really... It, it was getting hyped for like the new generation. So, however, the day after I bought it, uh uh was it Toho? Toho released that they're coming out with a new uh live action Godzilla next year. Wow, so, okay. I, I'm excited. Yeah, I thought I saw yeah, it. I'm somewhere. excited
1: about that. So, uh, what two questions? What website did you buy it off of? Amazon. Amazon, and then number two, if it was never officially released in the U.S., what media format did you? No, it was like? so like it all? was
0: released in the United States, but it it was only released for like I think two years, and there was no other oh. copies. Uh, there was there so was there's a, a
1: DVD of it.
0: Yeah, it's a DVD, gotcha. but it was uh, I think it was done through Miramax, but then like Miramax got like bought out, and I heard yeah by Disney. Yeah. So and I guess they just they did not they did not re up with Toho for the distribution rights.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
0: Cause earlier, I, I guess it happens with a lot of Godzilla movies. Well, the earlier ones, there was a lot of times where America wanted to take those movies and almost change all of it. And Toho didn't want that to happen. So they would end up having to sell like distribution rights to like smaller companies sometimes. Uh, and they would push it out in America, and then those companies got bought out a lot. And then, I guess, during that year that Miramax had it, which I want to say was 2012, 2013, like, it really wasn't that long ago, uh, there was not that many copies sold. So, when they got bought out, that was just it. Mm. But I will say, like, buying it on Amazon, and, like, the quality, like, the disc isn't damaged or anything like I, I, th- I thought I got it. I thought I got a pretty good deal with it being like non-existent. And like, like I said, I don't, I personally like in my friend group or like other people around here, I don't know anybody that has the movie. So now I have the movie.
1: So you got me wanting to get my, one of my favorite directors is uh, Greg Araki and he was a big nineties independent filmmaker um he did a lot of really bizarre uh sex science fiction stuff you ever see doom generation with like rose mcgowan no i haven't or or, he's got this movie nowhere with ryan Phillippe and uh, tons and tons of people in it and um his stuff just never it like got released once on dvd and that's right and you can everything That you that you want to try to buy is either French, and I don't know if it'll play on my Blu-ray player, or um, is like an out-of-print DVD for like forty bucks, right? And now you got me being like, you know what, though, just fucking buy it.
0: No, that's that's kind of like what happened
1: with me and Godzilla. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, do you like the movie or not? Like, if you if you like, think about it. Like, okay, now you'll just never watch it again, and that's it. And you can hope that maybe ten years from now, if we don't all fucking die in a fucking nuclear war. (laughs) uh someone will like arrow will release it on blu-ray or something but you know in the meantime you could just spend the 40 bucks and buy it well that's what i kept hoping right
0: it. with godzilla and then it just got to the point now where i'm just like fuck it like what am i going to do with this I 40 bucks go to fucking taco bell twice now with how prices are <laughs> so like fuck it i'm gonna you know i'm gonna skip out on some quesaritos and buy godzilla. i love quesaritos yeah too. see fuck you <laughs> Like, I'm going to skip out on on two trips of getting quesaritos because they're fucking expensive as shit already. And I'm going to buy this Godzilla film. And, and I got no, it. And I actually exactly. got it relatively quick, too, because it, was, it wasn't it was like when the prime sections, you know, it was an independent dude selling it. Right. He, he yeah, got it yeah. out to me within, like, two days. And like I said, I watched it right when I got it. And I was happy. So even even yeah, though it true. wasn't one of my favorites, the storyline really wasn't bad. The monster design, I would say, was one of my favorites. And overall, the the movie was it was decent. What and, and the other thing is though is you got to think like if I found that thing for DVD at like Suncoast or something for thirty bucks, I'd have pulled the trigger immediately. So what's a what's another ten dollars, right? That's like gas. That's like me driving out to Suncoast. So fuck it.
1: yeah i mean and and i gotta think that at this point i got a ps5 that thing's got to be able to play everything well okay
0: so you do have to be careful with the uh if you go on because they have it what is it called like like a region they have the regional things there are yeah, yeah uh we are like regionally like locked so you will have to watch out for
1: the regents. Uh, want... That's what I'm always worried about. What? How does that work? Cause like... So I want to
0: say, well, if you want uh, Greg Araki, is that how you spell his name? Or say his name? Yeah. Uh, if you want his stuff, a lot of it is on Amazon, like Prime Video. So you can actually buy it and you just have to stream it. Uh, except for the Doom generation, that one's not because I'm looking at that right now. Is is nowhere on there? Uh, nowhere is. Let's see, I haven't I haven't passed it yet. The Living End. Uh, there's like a new one. Oh, uh, nowhere. Okay, this is a DVD, hon. Uh, it's a they only have a Region Two, which is not played in the United States. Um, yeah, but let me check out the other buying options. See, there's
1: a DVD. Yeah, I'm looking at region two. This will not play. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know why it's so hard to get this guy's movies. Well, like, I don't really understand
0: using... why we have this like fucking barrier on laser discs. <laughs> like, why? I don't understand why you can't just take something and play it in a different place like I don't understand. I've never understood that. Like I don't like I don't get why if I buy a DVD here in America, if I go out to like Japan or something, like it's not going to fucking play there. And it's never I've right. never understood why that's a thing.
1: Do you know why? Oh, I can get it. No, I don't know what the what the rationale is behind it.
0: Like do you think it's just to sell more DVD players? <laughs> right like that would have to be like the thing right to make more money i
1: guess well it might be because there's it it might be because of censorship censorship stuff um where like different rating systems or different cuts like okay if you know if to release the united states and get the get the r rating you know we have to do this cut where we, we we trim down this scene and and you know the sex scene goes a little bit shorter here and there's a little bit less blood in this or whatever so then they do that cut to secure that kind of rating in that in that country right so the problem is is that now if everyone's buying the french version that's unrated no one's going to buy the american version you know i don't know maybe that has something to do with maybe that.
0: but like at the same time there's, I real, just... there's
1: no other reason why i mean unless it has something to do with tv sets is it like TVs run differently? So there has to be a different kind of encoding. Okay. So that 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 kind
0: it... of, that might make more sense. So that like, you know, you don't get crossed. Like, I guess on like a, a not necessarily like streaming, but like, I don't know. The, the code being transferred <laughs> like through the, uh, through satellites and shit, maybe. But even then, no, it wouldn't make mean, sense like, because, of the, well, I guess, yeah, you're right. It might be the TV itself. And then so we right, need the, the player to be able to, to. okay, that might make a little bit more sense. I, I guess we and could also just, just look it up
1: on fucking Google. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know. and then, But then there's, there's stuff that comes out that's region zero that'll play on anything. Like, I know I've seen those DVDs before, too. Right. So maybe it, it might just have to do with with preserving different cuts of the film so that the film plays as it's intended to in different countries.
0: Okay, so it says lives. that uh, this is done because many studios and home video companies want to control how and when DVD titles are exported to other countries.
1: But once again, why? Uh, it has all its money. Just, that's the easiest way to answer any question why does somebody do what they did in money
0: so yeah it's basically it, it so it's i guess it's so you don't fucking burn it and then sell it to the united states Man, just go buy a region 2 dvd player <laughs> that's what we really should be i know like, right like i honestly might look into that just buying a whole bunch of different regional dvd players and then guess what i'll never have to fucking worry about again
1: i think they sell all region dvd players I think that's I think that's Dude, funny. I'm looking at it right now. It, you are right. Literally
0: yeah. it's a six best region DVD free D V D players of twenty twenty two. Huh. Uh yeah, I mean the PlayStation it, might be. Let me see. PS. You have a five, right? Yeah. Okay, let's see. It does have region locks for Blu rays. Uh, Ultra HD Blu-rays though are region free. Well, this yeah, is a it's DVD. a DVD. So let me see. Uh, you're trying to... it will reject. The I'll desk. figure it out. I,
1: I I found a region one for. Oh, sick. 50, yeah, fifteen. Well, there's forty-five and there's an eighteen-dollar one, but that's fine. But yeah, he's. I, I should probably start doing that. Just getting his stuff.
0: Right. I um, mean, dude, honestly, if it's something that you really like, like that's another thing that I've, I've kind of gotten into. Like, if it's something that I like, and it is older or yeah. you can't get it, I think when you do get it, if it like, you know, you're when that movie came out, DVDs like in 2012, DVD. I mean, still today, DVDs are twenty to twenty-five bucks. You know, depending on what, well, you know, what special features and shits on it. So, like, spending forty dollars on it, like, I get it. I, I can I can get it I wish it was brand new for forty dollars but again I guess like I still understand why it just sucks but yeah. again I'm not you know I'm happy with my product so it's not like I'm bitching about it it's just i I do wish that th- it was easier to obtain or even to get a uh, a newer one but I mean hey I guess what is it reduce reuse recycle right? So I guess I did something good for the planet <laughs> today, or the other day.
1: There you go. So,
0: but yeah. You guys should definitely check out uh, Behind the Mask.
1: Definitely Behind the Mask. Yeah, it was great.
0: And uh, I actually should see, I, I, you know, I should look into buying
1: this because it, it was really good.